Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. This is Faith Under Fire. Each Thursday on Family Life, we give voice to religious battlegrounds in this nation. I'm your host, Tracy Lynn. With us today, Vern Saley, Senior Pastor of Northgate Free Methodist Church in Batavia, New York. Our culture often takes part in this every year without thinking about it, but what are the basic roots of Halloween? I did some reading because I wanted to be, um, you know, as accurate as possible. And most uh, scholars that I was reading, most of the things that I was reading, trace the roots of Halloween back to the uh, three-day festival known as Samhain. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced as Samhain. And in modern Irish, it means summer's end. It was a festival of the Celtics going back apparently thousands of years, a couple thousand years anyway. And it was held the last day of October, which was the last day of their year, November 1st being the start of a new Celtic New Year. And it was associated with the harvest coming in, but also became associated with death because, of course, you know, the leaves were falling off the trees and the crops had all been harvested and the days were getting shorter. So it marked that time between summer and winter, light and darkness. Some people believe that Samhain also referred to the Lord of Death, but there's some different opinions on that. In any event, some of the things that became part of that festival were the understanding that at that time of year, the veil between this world and the spirit world was very thin, and the good and evil spirits of those who had died in the previous year could enter into this world. And the evil spirits could harass people. So people sometimes would disguise themselves as animals or monsters in order to keep the evil spirits from harassing them or recognizing them, which sounds a lot like costumes. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and others would appease or try to appease the spirits with gifts of food, which makes us think of tricks or treats, because if the spirits weren't happy, they could play tricks on people, pranks. And then there were bonfires that were created to scare the uh, spirits away. One of the interesting things I learned, uh, Tracy, was that the bones of sacrificed animals would be thrown into the fires, and that's apparently where we get the word bonfire, bone fire. Wow, uh, I, I didn't know that. that. And then the other significant piece of that festival was that people, because these spirits were active, people would seek their help to know the future, whether that was the future weather patterns or relationships or other kinds of things. So that was the Festival of Stalin, which had been going on a long time. Of course, Christianity came to Ireland around the 5th century. So people were coming to know Christ as their Savior, and probably in an attempt to Christianize this pagan festival, one of the popes, Pope Boniface IV, in 609, created a day to honor all of the Christian dead martyrs and saints who had died. And then later, that was moved in 835. It was moved to November 1st. And that was probably in order to counteract this uh, pagan festival of Samhain. Is that where we get All Saints Day? Exactly. So All Saints Day is November 1st. Another word for saint is holy or hallowed. It's also known as All Hallows Day. And if you contract All Hallows Day, take the all off the front of that uh, and turn uh, Hallows Day into Hallows Eve, then uh, you come up with Halloween, which is um, 
what we know it as, Halloween. You know, as you were speaking, Vern, about the history and, um, you know, the costumes and everything to keep the evil spirits away, I was thinking at the root of it really was fear. Yes, absolutely. A lot of fear looking into this, a lot more to do with fear, fear of death than the good spirits that supposedly also were part of it. But yeah, absolutely. A lot of focus on fear and death. And then Christ came, and Patrick was a part of initiating Christianity into Ireland. Yes, this Samhain festival was occurring in Ireland, and so when Christianity again came to Ireland in the 5th century, there was an effort to draw people away from that celebration of death and to celebrate life, which Jesus has given us, right? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and that we don't have to be afraid of death because he's overcome death. But it was hard for people to give up those traditions. So what ended up happening is that uh, a lot of people tried to have both, right? Tried to be Christian, but also hold on to those traditions. Yeah, maybe we should just have a costume party at a different time of the year. But anyway, (laughs) what elements of Halloween run contrary to our faith, in a nutshell? Well, I think there's some significant concerns, things for us at least to be aware of and to be thinking about. And that is, one, the celebrating of evil, in a way, making a party of it. I'm concerned that it trivializes evil. I was looking at a study from Barna that said four out of ten Christians strongly agree that Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil. And I think that's part of the danger here is that Satan and evil, itself demons, can all be kind of trivialized through the celebrating of it. Yeah, Um, laughed at and not taken seriously, and yet he is out to steal, kill, and destroy us. Exactly. You know, it reminds me of the quote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And so that's a significant concern. I think another one is this culture of death that I think this plays into, a hyper-focus on death instead of celebrating Jesus' victory over death. And also, what are we filling our minds with? right? Instead of the things that are noble and right and pure and lovely, as Philippians says, focusing on death and dying and demons and all of that, I think is a concern too. I have a real concern with the kinds of movies that come out around this time of year and how the gore and the murders and the horrible things that are portrayed in them, I really think is a problem. Yeah. And then some of the traditions that are associated with the pagan festival that have carried over to modern Halloween, things like trick-or-treating to appease the spirits or be in danger of having tricks played or dressing up in costumes to ward off evil. I don't think there's a lot of people probably today that associate those traditions with the ancient pagan practices and their meaning. But I think it's something that we need to make understood, right? We don't put on costumes to scare away evil spirits. We don't put out treats in order to appease evil spirits and that kind of thing. The occult practices, things like fortune-telling and communicating with the dead was part of the pagan festival. And there are still people that attempt to enter into that. And, you know, I think that's a problem. Yeah. Many people and churches host alternatives this season. <laughs> How can we take advantage of this opportunity to connect with community members at the end of October? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Tracy, because this holiday isn't going to go away anytime soon. It's a $10 billion business. I think 70% of Americans say that they're going to participate in Halloween one way or another. People open up their homes to strangers. 
Mm-hmm. We do have to think about how we want to be involved, if we want to be involved. And I think if I can say this to start, I think we want to be careful as Christians not to condemn people one way or the other, yeah. because there are Christians who will choose to participate in some way with Halloween activities, and they might be responding from a position like Colossians 4, which says we are to make the most of every opportunity as we interact with outsiders. Mm. But then there are those who don't want anything to do with it. I was talking with a family here at our church, and their position has been we don't want to participate in the trick-or-treating, so they give each of their children $10 to buy whatever candy they want. And then on Halloween night, they go into the basement, turn the lights off in the house, go to the basement, put on a movie. And as a family, they eat candy and watch a movie together. So (laughs) I thought that was a great, you know, compromise for the kids. But there are those who would say we should not have anything to do with evil. And the Bible does teach us that. So they choose to not have anything to do with Halloween. So there are going to be people in various positions here. As Christians, if we are going to participate, we want to do so in a way that doesn't compromise our beliefs. So we have to pray about how to do that. I think of Romans 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm. So how can we overcome evil with good in this situation? There are the church gatherings that are held, harvest nights and that kind of thing, and I think that's a good alternative. The trunk or treat Um, events. Right. We have a church near us that does a trunk or treat every year, and uh, I know that they do that as as an outreach to people, and they do a good job with that. When they open up their homes, some people give out really good chocolate and then also maybe something that is Christian or something that plants a seed of hope and faith. Yes, exactly. And I think that's a great point. You know, if we're going to participate, if we're going to hand out candy, let's be generous. Let's hand out really good candy or really good chocolate so that we maybe can make some relationships. I read one comment. I thought it was great. How often do you have people coming to your door to interact with you? It doesn't happen that much. The strangers come to our door to interact with us in this culture. Let's take advantage of that if we're going to be a part of that. Some people give out Christian tracts with the candy. Some people put Christian messages, stickers on the candy that they give out. Even to begin to learn the names of people in our community, in our neighborhood, yes. and maybe invite them back at a later time to develop those relationships. So I think there are some ways that we can make the most of this opportunity. Excellent, Verna. Thank you for that. Is there anything else you'd like to share about this time of the year and connecting with our neighbors in a way that shines the light on Christ? Well, I lean towards the let's make the most of every opportunity. And in our society, we talk about silos and we talk about bowling alone and that kind of thing. And we need to have opportunities where we interact with people who are not Christian, who don't share our faith. And and this is a time to do that. Even having conversations around things like, what do you think of death? And how does that make you feel, the idea of death? This is a time when those conversations might happen a little more easily for us. And we can use those opportunities to talk with people about the fact that we have life in Christ. We don't have to fear death. Jesus has conquered death, and Jesus has promised us new life. And we can use this opportunity to open up those conversations. That's Pastor Vern Saley. I'm Tracy Lynn, Family Life News.